Hey, everybody. Let me let me love with you for a second. This right here is episode two of our podcast for Patreon called Garbage Game Club. Welcome. You see, it's called Garbage Game Club because the idea we play is bad that games. every day, no, every, every, every between every episode, we play a game. And it's like a book club, like Game Club, Book Club. Makes sense, right? Most of you uh, know that or most of you are, now haven't seen the first episode because it happened, I want to say, four months ago. Don't pick a, a long... Now, you don't have to start to explain. You don't have to start to explain what this problem is. <laughs> because the, what Nick is doing is, is a tactic called diversion. <laughs> he sees a problem. He feels... I noticed I didn't say anything about him. But suddenly he's like, boom, this is your fault. Boom, I did nothing wrong. You know why? You know why he feels that way? Because deep down... Under all of those lies that he's telling you, he feels bad that it took us four months to get here because it took him a very long time to play Hollow Knight. I did beat it pretty quickly, too. Yeah, once you actually started to play it. I've given this motherfucker shit for, mm, I don't know, at least three months before he picked it up. So all your angry Patreon comments, all your unsubscribes, all that whatever you want about YouTube... Put it at this guy. I know I'm supposed to be the bad one, and Nick can do nothing <laughs> wrong. But the reason why this thing took so long was him, and don't let anything else be inserted into your head because that's the truth. That was a weird sentence. Um, okay. What was I saying? Yes, this is Garbage Game Club. So it's like a podcast, but it's like a book club. We talk about a game between every episode. So episode one, we're like, hey, everybody, uh, we're going to play Hollow Knight. That's You know that because... Uh, either one, you've been waiting for this, or two, you read the title of the the episode, which yeah. will probably be Hollow Knight. Um, so yeah, it, it it's been a while. I guess we we might talk about our our, our journeys with Hollow Knight because um, originally, back when Hollow Knight came out on the Switch, which I want to say was around August, early yeah. August, early August. Yep. Um, Nick was like, oh, dude, you would like Hollow Knight because he previously played it on PC. Yeah. It's, it came out in 2017. It's been a, it was about a year before it had a Switch port. There it had some it DLC had, it, tacked onto it. This year was the first year it had a, a console port, period. Yeah. It, it was just a PC game. It was, it was crowdfunded, like uh, made Team by Team Cherry. Cherry. Mm-hmm. It was a Kickstarter game. I think, like, what, four people made the whole game or something yeah, three crazy or like that? Mm-hmm. In Insane. So I took Nick's advice because I needed a game to play while I was traveling, and the thought of playing Mario Party by myself on a plane is very <laughs> sad. It's just a sad endeavor. Um, so uh, Nick played Hollow Knight first. He he only played for like maybe like five or six hours. Yeah. And then I played all of it uh, over the course of probably about two or three weeks. I split it up over a couple of different trips because I enjoyed it so much in my first one that I I kind of binged it. Uh, in chunks, which I don't know if that counts as a binge. Mm-hmm. No, I, it's fine. I probably played, li- I binged 80% of it, then I waited a couple weeks and I binged the last 20% of it. And by binging the last 20% of it, I mean finishing the game and then like almost 100%ing it because I really liked the game so much. By the way, I liked the game. I don't know if I made that clear yet. Yeah, it's it was a game that took some getting used to for me. Uh, I, I definitely didn't feel as immediately drawn into it as you might have. Like, I liked metroidvania is quite a bit but i'm definitely more on the castlevania side of the fence when it comes as opposed to metroid just because i like different weapons well that's what this game is right like it, 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 is, it is a true it is a love letter to metroidvania meets dark souls yes exactly it is definitely more towards the metroid camp as opposed to castlevania because there's more like power-ups as opposed to different weapons which is fine 
and more like hidden areas and, and things to uncover that way. But I wasn't immediately drawn to the the game. I, nothing grabbed me like right away, which I was kind of frustrated. I was like, I feel like I should like this, but I don't know why. And that's why I kind of like drifted off from it for a bit. But then like I forced myself to play it um, on my trip to New York, actually. And while I was on the plane, I got to the City of Tears in game and I was like, I love this game. That's so that's, I, that was the turning point for me. When I got to the City of Terrors, I'm like, okay, I'm in. I seldom feel like when I'm playing a game that I get hooked into it like six, seven hours in. Like if, if I'm not if I'm not grabbed in the first two hours, there's probably a very slim chance that I'm not gonna play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would need like a really good reason to. So that's uh the hearing you being able to just like power through something for the sake of like I don't know. I guess you had to because yeah. of the podcast, but just for the sense of like, oh, I'm going through this this art piece. Like, let me analyze it. It's almost like I get in that mindset maybe if I'm reading like a book for a class. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, man, I hate this, but I guess I have to keep doing this. Oh, I kind of like it. So it's interesting to see that applied to a video game because more than anything, like, I find it really hard to set down a TV, sh- a TV show. I uh-huh. find it really hard to set down a book if I start it. It's like I got to finish it. Ugh. I find it really hard to hiccup and then stop hiccuping. <laughs> But the idea of of starting a game and then putting it down only to pick it back up later is so foreign to me. Yeah, and I, I think the the thing that really sold me on the game though is just its its sense of world building. It's again like Dark Souls in that it doesn't completely hit you over the head with its world building, but at the same time, it definitely spells things out a little more than Dark Souls. People will actually tell you what's happening if you pay attention. As opposed to Dark Souls where everyone lies to you for no real reason. And and I really like that. I like the the game's blend of dark and and its humor. Uh, I I just really like the tone of the game. Like I like that it's so tonally different than most things. I like that in this game, darkness isn't inherently a bad thing. And the light is actually the thing that's causing pain and chaos and sadness and, and i like that little flip and i think they do a good job of making you believe that flip just because we've been trained for every piece of media that it's dark versus light dark is evil light is good and and i just like that this kind of flipped it on its head in a, a way that was believable and fun i liked that everything was bugs yeah the bug stuff was cool uh, but did you how long did it take you to realize that everything was bug, like, right away? I realized that right away. I guess, like, I realized that at Dirtmouth, but at, at the same time, like, is it Earth? I don't think it's Earth. It's the, they're, they're underground, dude. But yeah, but where? Like, I don't think it's Earth, planet Earth. I think it might I mean, be somewhere else. I mean, does it really matter at that point if it's Earth or not Earth? But, but I think, like, other games who might have done something similar to this would definitely, like Pikmin, for example. Pikmin has a lot of human objects that are kind of embedded into the environment, and they kind of say, like, oh, that's uh, that's the power source, but it's actually, like, a double-A battery, whereas this, you don't really see anything like that. There's yeah. no glass bottles that are, like, oh, that's the cavern or anything. Like, it, it feels like this very insular, like, this planet is run by bugs almost. Yeah, that's rad. It's really cool. It's something that you don't really see often. I'm concerned not about the game, but about the the podcasty or formatty element of what we're doing. Uh-huh. I don't because we disclosure didn't discuss this beforehand. That's okay. So, oh yeah, you're like, is this recording? Yeah, double checking. Um, so like yeah, we like we talk about the game. 
we're like, oh, we both like the game. That, that's a way to frame all of our yeah. everything else we're going to say. I think I might like the game a little more than you do. Um, I would actually put it on my if, if I, I did actually, if you're watching uh, the show when we got back earlier last week, mm-hmm. we did our best of when we, when we did the 2018s, our, our 2018 award show. When we were talking about games, I actually named Hollow Knight as one of my favorite games of the year because, I mean, it's not a AAA title like God of War and technically didn't come out in 2018, but if I'm cheating, it's probably the second favorite thing that I played all year, last year. And I mean, I played a lot of games, so I feel like to, to give that type of praise is, is good. So, so you know we both like the game. Yeah. I did feel like, did we do an adequate job describing what the game is? Yeah, you, you, you play as a Hollow Knight and you kind of navigate through this kind of dilapidated world trying to figure out what happened to this once populated underground civilization and you're trying to basically uh, stop this weird contamination that is driving all the bugs insane and so it is your quest to find the source of that insanity and put an end to it Um, But, but i do like that in this game you're not the hollow knight you're you're not the titular Hollow Knight. Just a bug. You, you're you're like a failure. A knight. You, you're you're kind of like a, a forgotten, like thrown aside, failed experiment almost. And I, I I like that you you ultimately face the Hollow Knight. I like that there's like a build up to the Hollow Knight. I think this game does a good job of building not just its story, but how it kind of introduces you to its gameplay mechanics, its different world structure. It does a good job of like building like little breadcrumbs throughout and then you see those breadcrumbs like when you get to the the city of tears for the first time you see the fountain with the hollow knight and you're like whoa that kind of looks like me but it looks way stronger than me it's kind of scary looking that kind of thing like i I like that there's like a through line for everything in this game after about two hours i stopped reading all the text oh really all of it completely oh boo it's really interesting i'm like Okay, I get it. I kind of, I kind of get what's going on here. But hear me out, game. I just want to play the Metroid slash Dark Souls element of it, and I don't really care. I, I like the world in the sense that it is fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I, but in terms of the 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 storytelling, like, eh. But but that's interesting though, because like you eh. you said Dark Souls and like the Metroid stuff, like environmental storytelling is like one of the things that people Environmental adore. storytelling, yeah, totally pay attention to that and then try and suss out and then like realize people are trying to be clever. But like the physical storytelling between characters. Yeah, I think it's fine. It doesn't like overstay its welcome. It's pretty short. It's and a lot like, like, Oh, I get it, dude, you got the maps. <laughs> My wife's hot, whatever. <laughs> you got a thing for the dude, I think I got a thing for the Hollow Knight. The end boss, Hollow Knight? Yeah. That's a hot bug. I'm more of a... Um, Are you a hornet guy? More of a hornet guy. That's weird. That's gross, dude. Why? <laughs> Imagine what she can do to you with that nail. She's like a child. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that being said, Lo, like, I am going to return to Hollow Knight once Team Cherry releases that hornet campaign because that's what they're doing next. It's a free, another free add-on to the game, and it's basically what hornet was doing throughout the course of the game so uh oh, during your travel underground as a hollow knight you come across a mysterious figure who kind of looks like you but she's kind of cagey and she's like running away from you and, and she's like your through line to the end game 
it's Hornet. You find out that she was born like the bastard child of the king and a and like a mistress, and she is technically like one of the heirs to the throne. And she's kind of related to you, but you're not really sure. It's very up in the air. But she is like kind of guiding you and challenging you throughout the course of the game to see like are you, are you good enough to try and put an end to all this madness, which is it's pretty neat. And yeah. everyone has a thing for this weird bug. It's really strange. Yeah, I'm more of a actually favorite character if I had to pick one to fuck. It's the Grub Father. The Grub Father. Which one was that? The Grub. The old man Grub. You're, oh, you go into his chambers. The and he's worm. like The worm. Yeah, the grubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to get one of those plushies uh, from Fangamer. I hated getting into those chairs because I don't like the sounds they make. I loved. They were so happy, and that guy was so happy to see you. <laughs> I, I was a big fan of of collecting them just to go back and, and see the stuff, and uh, I was a fan of um, just just so many parts of the gameplay. Like I, I know that I, I guess my one negative is that I didn't care much about the story because I was so engrossed by everything else. Like it's um my geo management, the charms that I wanna yeah. that I wanna do, how I'm gonna explore, where I'm gonna explore, like my progression versus the actual mission, doing all the extras like trying to find the grubs so that I can go back and then get more geo. All the stuff with the dream nail and the dreamers to to unlock bonus content. There's so many different things in Hollow Knight that you don't have to do, but you feel adequately rewarded for. You feel compelled to. Yeah, like the reward is worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And b- both in, both in a player sense and an in-game sense, which which is really cool, and it really allows you to explore the world in a sense where um, you know even if you're not on the most beaten path, you're still going somewhere that's probably worthwhile. No, absolutely, and I think I really like that this game has the balls to be like, hey, you know that X button. Or the Y button, whatever console you're playing on, like you're not gonna use it at all until like 75% of the way through the game, and then we're gonna give you a new weapon that unlocks your ability to press another button on the controller. Like, not a lot of games do that. I think that's really cool. The Dream Nail does a lot of things. Like, again, you don't care about the story, mm-hmm. but like the Dream Nail allows you the ability to kind of either read the minds of uh, people around you, so you can see what they're actually thinking about you. Or you can go into their heads and fight their dreams or their nightmares or whatever, which is another like boss mechanic where you can fight super bosses in this form. And I found myself going back through the game already. Like the game's huge, but I found myself retreading old ground so that I could hit NPCs and see what they thought. Like there's like this weird long neck lady in King Station, and uh, she's like very nice to you when you first meet her, but then when you dream nail her, she's like, Yo, that bug looks real tasty. Like, should I eat this one? I, I ate all the other bugs, so I should definitely just eat this bug, right? And so it's like, oh, wow, everyone has, like, an ulterior motive. And I like that there's characters who are like, oh, you can read my mind. That's interesting. Or you get a lot of the story building in that way where, like, is this one like the others or is he something different? And it, it kind of slowly pieces together, like, what happens throughout the course of the game and who you actually are, which I appreciate. But in that same vein, I do like a lot of the gameplay design. I like that you can go into areas that you probably shouldn't be early on in the game. So, like, pretty early on in the game, I think after I got the um, the wall the wall hook. The mantis claw. The mantis claw. I accidentally wandered into Deep Nest, and I was 
not ready for that. And they make it very difficult to escape the deepness when you fall through this, like, one particular hole. Mm -hmm. It is very hard to get out because you don't have the lamp, so it is just pitch black, and it is terrifying. I don't really get scared in games like this, like, but the sound design, like, the music alone, beautiful music throughout this game. But the deepness creatures, like... You can tell something messed up happened in the deep nest when you're killing enemies and then they like break open again and then like turn terrifying. Like it's just every area has a sense of design and they commit to it a hundred percent. And I love that about this game. Every world is different. It doesn't feel like a Metroid world where it's like, okay, I'm still kind of, you know, on the planet. It's just like the colors are different. Every Every, you know when you're in a new area. And it logistically makes sense. So like Metroid, everything feels kind of arbitrary based on like where it's placed. Like the lava is just like, oh, this is the second floor. That's the lava floor. But in, in Hollow Knight, you have the Mantis tribe who is at the very bottom of – or like very close to the bottom of the map because they've been shunned by the rest of the civilization. Then you have Deep Nest, which is kind of sectioned off and been quarantined. And the Mantis tribe has been – kind of commissioned to protect the deep nest and everything makes sense from like a, a world building perspective except and for the fucking jellyfish i don't get those yeah i don't get the jellyfish those aren't bugs right <laughs> what's going on that's not a bug <laughs> i um it's it's remarkable for me i it, it's been a while since i've seen something that had such a cool diversity in uh in like characters and regions and music mm -hmm. and then going back to the idea that like wow only a handful of people made this just really makes it feel extra special because it's such a a handcrafted vision and i can't think of another like metroid was cool because of the exploration and the backtracking yeah. and the things that did hollow knight I genuinely think not only does that better than metroid but the fact that it adds the combat mechanic that is just far superior to anything else in the genre is what combat mechanic like the uh, the 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 boss battles mm, mm. in particular because everything there, there's nothing easy and that's not to say that some of the other games are easy yeah but it's like okay th there's a difference between like shooting forward and rolling a little bit versus um all of the intricate gameplay that comes from the part of the game where you're not exploring, you're just fighting. How do you do the combat arenas? How do you make the bosses work based on your skill set? Do you recharm based on bosses? Do you need to focus on your nail strength? Are you someone who's focused on health? How well do you dodge? Would you rather parry? Do you jump on someone's head or do you not jump on someone's mm -hmm. head? Do you even just a little bit of watching Nick um, play and seeing the the how deep the combat system is because of our different pass for per, per for preferred um fighting was crazy yeah i definitely preferred just hitting things with the nail as opposed to using spells i found myself like using uh normal attacks and bounces to try and navigate boss fights while also dealing damage and uh, that's kind of how i specced my character and, and i do like that about this game like it gives you a lot of verbs to play around with but none of the verbs are wrong you can kind of like pick and choose at your will. Yeah, the, and there, there's, there's not a for you. like there's there's objectively some things that are better than other yeah. things, but at the end of the day, if you want to play with spells, play with spells, and it's just as effective as playing with a nail or like being a really dodgy character or some any combination in between. Yeah, near the end of the game, I started relying on the fireball a little bit more 
Yeah, just you, you, uh, but, the DPS was fun. But I didn't know. I had the the first version of. I didn't know there was a second version, upgraded version of the fireball. Well, shouldn't you have been tipped off by that because you did get the second version of the cloak and the second yeah. version of the other stuff? I didn't even think about it though. It was just like, oh yeah, I have this spell. I I, I just forgot about it. All, essentially, like I was just like, yeah, I've always had this. Whatever, not a big deal. So I I didn't know that until I watched someone play through AGDQ and they were like. This makes the game so much easier, and I wanted to pull my hair out after I heard him say that. It just does, like, <laughs> double damage, basically. Yeah, it does double damage, and it has a bigger hitbox with the potential to hit multiple times in one use. Um, but, yeah, I, again, like, a lot of games, a lot of contemporary games will kind of tell you everything you need to know and all the systems that are in place and all the things you can do. Hollow Knight doesn't do that. Like, there's a this overcharm system that you don't really know exists until you accidentally do it where basically you get allotted say three slots to equip uh charms think like badge points in, yeah. a, in a mario rpg exactly and say you have three badges and two of them cost uh two points and then the third one is like one point you're like shit i don't have enough room you you're like oh i need one more one more slot so i can equip that third badge that i really want well it turns out if you just press a on it you'll see the game want to equip it and then it's like, oh, you can't. And then you just like, well, it looks like something happens. Like it, it, something, the game kind of wants you to try. So you keep pressing the equip button and then eventually it just forces the, the, the badge into the slot. And it's like, hey, you just overcharmed. You can do what you just did, but it comes at the risk of be, being dealt double damage, which is so cool. You can have... Oh, there's so many possibilities because of that. And it, it rewards you based on the risks you take. But again, you will suffer at the risks you take, which I love. I, I think it's a very like poetic in this type of Dark Souls-esque game. It's all about trial and error. And that actually is built into the story, the trial and error part. Yeah. Which, uh, chasing, your, chasing your soul. You're chasing, yeah, the void. It's, it's, it's really cool. I just realized it right now, but every single death in the game is just a new Hollow Knight. Yep. <laughs> right? Yeah. You play, I mean, you're not playing a Hollow Knight. You're playing like a collection of. Yeah. You're playing the Void. That's, yeah. that's who you're actually controlling. You're not the Hollow Knight. You are all the, it's like Bioshock. You're a, you're a shell. It's Bioshock Infinite-esque in that every failed attempt is a, a part of the story, which I love. That's good theming. Well done. And, and, and yeah, like the game is so so jovial and happy, and there's genuine characters that make me laugh, like the poop dude, the poop dude in the royal the waterway. dung defender, the dung defender. He's great. I love the dung defender. But couple that, like the silly, lighthearted moments, coupled with the really grim stuff. Like when you get to the Hollow Knight, the last but not last boss. He is just like a husk of his former self, and he is actively trying to help you kill him. Like, he is stabbing himself in the chest over and over because he wants to die. He knows that he needs to die, which is just like, it's kind of heartbreaking, but it's just really cool. Oh, it's so good. There's so many other, like, little fun trinkets in there. Like, did you ever use the bank? Uh, no, I never used the bank, no. I used the bank for, like, 200 i use put it like 200 geo in it and that's about it what so the, happened are you familiar no 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 so if you um give the bank lady too much money she's just a thief really she runs away with she the runs money? away with all your money <laughs> so you're like oh you think like man this is so cool that there's like a system i can like save some geo maybe store it up like take less risk and if you do that 
enough. And you build up enough geo in the bank. She's just like, well, shit. And she like runs off to a faraway corner of the map. You can still get your geo back. You have to like go That's find her and great. attack her. But I mean, the you, basically you're losing all that money for a period of time. So like. <laughs> You can't trust these characters. A lot of them feel untrustworthy, like a Dark Souls game. Like, I'm like, oh, you have, like, some weird ulterior motive. Yeah. The poor bank lady. So sad. I, I do like that there's these... Mo- I think the only character you can trust is actually the uh, the last stag. The last stag. Did you finish and, his storyline? And, and uh, Isma. Which one's Isma? Isma's the one who you sell the charms from. Oh, uh, okay. You buy the charms from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, did you get the, the last stag's... Story? Yeah, dude, I basically finished the game. Yeah, oh yeah, that's true. You 100%ed it. Yeah, the, the game has like a lot of these interactions. Think Dark Souls-esque quest in that if you don't follow through, you'll never see them end. And it's totally worth going through and seeing these storylines. The last tag is this like fast travel character that allows you to get around the map really quickly. So smart. And and, and like he like it, his name says, he is the last tag. Uh, his kind has been eradicated because of the disease, and he's the last person to kind of take you on these royal tramways, essentially, to guide you around the map. But once you encounter every single one of the stations, you get to find his nest. He forgot where his nest was, and once you find all the locations, he remembers. And you go there, and you see an egg, and the egg is empty, and you go and speak to the last stag again, and his name changes to Old Stag, thus implying they're not all gone, which is just really cool. And it's subtle. It doesn't hit you over the head with it. It's just like, hey, did you pay attention? His name changed. There you go. That's, your, that's, that's for you to enjoy, and I love that. Yeah, it does little things for people who are um, into just the, the small little details because that will go over so many people's heads. Mm-hmm. You're not just, like, looking. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's cool, all, all, the different, all the different characters in the world. And there's stuff that, like, you know, I didn't – I, even though I nearly 100%ed it because I put in a lot of time, probably in like 50 hours or something crazy. Uh-huh. Um, I think I'm at like, I was at 30 by the time I finished with like 78% completion. The last little bit, like I'm I'm someone who when I, when I play games like that, I'll do as much as I can naturally. But in the interest of time, I'll just be like, okay, I want to know where everything is. So then I'll look up like a map and be like, I'll go here, go here, go yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And just uh, finish it that way. Which oh, some people's like, that's cheating. And I'm like, motherfucker, I got a lot of time. I don't have much time. Yeah, no, that's totally um, fine. I, I just want to see the content and explore it in a quasi-natural way. Um, but like, I never got any of the any of the Zoth quests because like I just like let them die. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, nice. like, Wait, like, Zoth or Zote? The, the Zote, little warrior? Zote. Zote. He is a badass. Apparently, like I thought he was the joke character, but he becomes like I think the most difficult super boss in the game. I just killed him. No, <laughs> the, the hardest boss is the third level of Grimtrope. Grimtrope. Oh, oh, gotcha. The the traveling circus DLC. The third level. Yeah. Um, I actually went through the entire game without uncovering the bee nest. Really? Yeah, that's underneath the City of Tears. I didn't know it existed until I saw the bee nest, and then I couldn't figure out how to get it. You look it. at your map, and you're like, there's a hole here. Yeah, yeah, and I couldn't get the key. I was like, where do I get this small key from? And I couldn't open the door, so I was like, well, whatever. <laughs> How'd you figure it out? I, I found another entrance, but it was, like, sectioned off where you couldn't go further. I was like, oh, there's an actual bee nest here. That's weird. Uh, the bee nest is pretty cordoned off. There, there's 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 whole areas of the map that you never have to see to to really finish the game. Yeah. Which which is always brave. Uh, did you open the door that requires you to have all the extra blue health? No, I didn't. Is that the one that's in the void area? 
Yeah, it's like when you're falling down how the wood. Open that. Yeah. You have to yeah, you have to have like I think it's ten extra blue life. What's in it? Um more charms. Oh, okay. More charms and like getting the void heart and other stuff. But you have the void heart because you got uh Yeah, I got the true ending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the the true ending before the boss rush ending, which I refuse to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm also not doing that. Oh. I did do the Colosseum. I, while, while I didn't do all the boss rushes, I did do the Colosseum and all of its challenges, which I thought were just so enthralling. They were fun. The idea of a game not being scared to punish you for doing something for 40 minutes and then fucking up at the end and starting <laughs> all over again is very brave, but also quite enjoyable. Uh, one thing we haven't really touched on, like we talked about combat, but the platforming. Like one thing that ne- oh, it feels so good. One thing that never really stood out to me for a lot of Metroidvanias is the platforming. Yeah, because enough. it's like, oh, let me shoot an ice beam at this bug that I'm supposed to somehow know that this works, and then kind of climb up, and then maybe like, oh, I got super boots, I can jump farther. Mm-hmm. Hollow Knight gives you the tools to do whatever you want to do. Period. Yep. You want to latch on any wall? Cool. Do it. You want to go to any corner of the map that like doesn't have a wall attached to it? Cool. Do it. You want to float? You want to reset your jump? You want to double jump, triple jump, fly? Cool. The, the game offers you the flexibility to say, hey, I think I can do it like this. I don't know that the game wants me to, but the game lets you do it the way you think it should be done. You can kind of like gimmick the game into getting into areas that you weren't allowed to go in. And and again, I saw so many more in the AGDQ run of Hollow Knight where like the guy managed to like skip because he didn't have the double jump. So he killed himself and then his hollow was like floating in the chamber like above the the hut where you get the badges and there's like a little lip that you can continue on the map like mm-hmm. in the resting grounds or whatever and he killed himself his hollow was floating and so he jumped on top of his hollow took damage jumped again and then dashed onto the platform and I was like oh my god that totally makes sense but I never thought about that like the Nor game, would a normal person ever need to do that stuff, really. But if you think about it, like I could see myself running into a situation where I'm like, shit, how do I do this? Well, I know how jumping works, and I know how dang- taking damage works, so wait a second. like You could ostensibly figure that out if you really needed to, which is so cool. The game itself is remarkably enjoyable, and I've recommended it to people who um, aren't just Metroid or Dark Souls fans. I feel like... If you're someone who doesn't like the idea of a game that will challenge you with a difficulty level, not a crazy obtuse challenge. It is not It's not dark unfair. S- it's it's yeah, it's not unfair and it's not Dark Souls hard and you do not have to complete the most demanding parts of the game if you don't want to. Right. So, with all that being said, I think that it's actually pretty um pretty like medium difficulty. Uh-huh. But I can see a reason why people get frustrated at it. But it's it's almost something that I would recommend to near everyone. Yeah, absolutely. I think the only times the game gets difficult is when you want to go for that true ending. Because the White Palace is infuriating. It is like Oh, I did that like the first time on that jumping stuff. <laughs> Easy. No, that one took me a while. And then I didn't even realize there's another thing called the Path of Pain. Yep. I never knew about that. I just watched it in the AGDQ run, and I was like, oh, my God, this whole thing exists. And then I looked at it, I was like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. It's basically Celeste in Hollow Knight, which I was like, yeah, my hands hurt just looking at this. I'm not down. Yeah. Um, and then also the last boss, like the, if you want to go for Radiance, I think that's the only fight in the game that I absolutely hated. 
because I think it's such a long fight, and I think that checkpoint is bullshit. I watched you get frustrated. <laughs> I was so bad at that boss I fight. I finished that fight the second time I did it. Oh, Really? Because I heard you fight Hollow Knight a billion times That's in That's because room. I fell asleep, <laughs> so the music was playing. <laughs> I heard the, the little resting area music in that very sp- one specific area. Yeah, I was just at the bench. <laughs> the, the, um, the hardest boss for me was um, the... Uh, the the like the six dung beetle boss was really hard. Oh, that one was fun. I really like. It was that one. really hard for me. And then the third level of Grim Trope is just so hard. You, like every time you get hit, you do like four points of damage. Yeah. So it's like. Uh, I, I didn't do the fun. We even talk about the fact that you that you that your that your your power is like either used like conserve health or do damage. It's like everything is smart. Yeah, everything is the risk reward thing where it's everything like, in the game is smart. It 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 really blew me away. Do I want to use my soul meter to heal or inflict damage? It, it's true. And also the combination. We see another mechanic we didn't talk about. The combination of badges. The badges all have different descriptions of like, hey, if this does this, this does Y, blah blah blah. But if you combine certain ones, you're like, well, a, a caterpillar might like be poisonous or something, right? So you you kind of like throw this loose logic and combine different badges, and your character will behave in completely different ways. So I had one where like I had the, I can move when I healed, and then I combined that with the poison. Uh, pollen or whatever and every time I healed I moved super fast as like a caterpillar crawling on the floor it was so useful oh it's so good the game doesn't tell you that yeah the game doesn't tell you that at all you just have to experiment and figure it out it rewards anyone who has an ounce of creativity it's very good highly recommended if you're listening to this and you're like I should probably play Hollow Knight. You should definitely play Hollow Knight. I would bump it up very much towards the top of your list. Um, great, phenomenal Switch game. Like, I get that a lot of people might want to play it on a console, if you like, or whatever you know you have. But, mm-hmm. but would highly recommend on a Switch because uh, while Nick played a lot of the game on his TV, I played ninety eight percent of the game <laughs> on the Switch screen portably. Yeah, uh, I did that a lot on the plane. It was it was great. I didn't would so recommend. Hollow Knight. Um, I still listen to the soundtrack pretty much every other day just to like work to. It's nice. It's really, uh, I still do Undertale for that. It's really, really, really awesome. Um, and I don't want to, it almost feels weird. Like when you come out of the gate with something, you're like, hey, we're going to do a review of this game. I'm going to pick this game because I know that I like it. And then I finish the game and then you finish the game and we're like, fuck. We more than like this. We yeah. love this. Yeah. And there's like, and, and you know, as I've been looking at, you know, game of the year lists or, or you know, best of 2018, uh, I didn't realize how many other people had like this strong yet kind of silent admiration for it. If you look at like Polygon's like recommended games list for the year, like it's on there with everything else that's AAA. Mm-hmm. Like most of Giant Bomb list had it on there. I know a bunch of Waypoint people had it on their list. Like, it's good. It is it is absolutely a game that is not a triple A game that is worth playing. Yeah, it feels like a triple A game. Like the amount of content that's there, the thoughtfulness of it, the execution. Like it is a paragon of design, storytelling, it's an art project. Music. It it is it is it's the something real that probably deal. couldn't be made with thirty people. No. It need to have, it needed to have been made with the small number they had, for sure. 
Um, so our is it our highest praise? It, it, it's our highest praise. I know that we can't rank anything above or below it because, um, well, one <laughs> is one. But in in this in this world where Hollow Knight is the only game here, um, I, I could not recommend you enough to try and play this game if you haven't. And once you beat the game, go ahead and watch the AGDQ where the guy does everything I did in thirty hours, but in an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Um, also, there's great maps if you want to play the game like you, like I did when you finish the game and you're like, oh, I want to go back and collect this stuff. Or you can just rush through the game and see if you can take <gasps> the pass least resistance. We didn't even talk about the map design in the like as far as like how the map works. Oh, oh that's so smart. That, <laughs> uh, like the fact that the a part of the map doesn't open up until you find the map person in the area, which has audio and visual cues. And but until then, you're kind of like lost without a map. Is is the best innovation in that genre. And you don't fill in the map until you sit down to write in your map. It's yeah. like when you rest to save the game, you pull out your map and you're like, okay, what's where are the areas I've been to? And then you fill them in. Ah, it's so good. And you buy you buy badges, you buy stamps to kind of like indicate areas of interest. Like, yeah, you get it. The game's really good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's still probably a small handful of things that we haven't done. Oh, no, about, there's but. there's tons of things to it. Like the fact that the City of Tears gets rained from it from the lake that's directly above it. Oh, so cool. I love that design about it. I love the, the Cthulhu-esque design of a lot of the dreamers and the bosses uh, or, or the monsters. Like there's this weird giant underwater worm thing who lives in like his own little hut in the very upper left corner of the map. You have to, once you get the acid power, you can go into a little tunnel and you come across this giant cavern and it's this whale-like caterpillar that gives you a badge and it's like, here you go. And he was like, oh, that was a god, by the way. Or the fact that you have these giant worms that are like these weird godlike creatures, that's where you get the king's soul or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much there and so much good world building. Ugh. It's my favorite kind of world building, just right here in the vein. It's exactly what Nick's likes. That's <laughs> exactly what I like for the combat and exploration. And mind you, I'm not someone who is is in love with that Metroidvania genre. It's not something that I actively seek out. If it was, I probably would have played this game much sooner. So even if that's not something <laughs> that inherently is your favorite thing, I would still pretty much recommend it to anyone. Yeah. Um, the game's fun. It's tough. It is everything you think a game should be and more. Yeah, no, I would, I would highly, highly recommend it. I, can, I really can't say it enough. But the fact that this is, um, you know, a game club, yeah, that means that we have to propose something. Game two for game two, and production note didn't talk about this beforehand. That's okay. I feel like we talked about it loosely. We did talk about it loosely, but there had there wasn't really a final decision. There's like one that I'm hoping that we can do. But I there's I I think what I'm gonna say is gonna be like Nick's third choice because there's one game that Nick is almost done with that we can do quickly. There's one game that I think would require me to play and not him, and there's one game that very similar to the first time I completed it he hasn't, <laughs> which does require him to play a game. Albeit that'll be um, much shorter than 40 hours. That game is Detroit Become Human, right? No. Oh, no? No. I think, no. Oh, thank God. (laughs) What do you mean, thank God? (laughs) 
What? Oh, I don't know. What, 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 what are you, what are you just, I, I'm, did you, you, you barely started playing it. I know. I, yeah. What are you proposing here? Game number two is Return of the Oberdin. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what were the other options? Um, um, what were the other things that you wanted? You said Hitman 2. Oh, yeah. No, I can't do that. What? Why? Can't do that. That game would be a great book game club game. It, it would. I, I, it, and it is. And now we're going to have to edit this. <laughs> Why? We're going to have to edit this. No, we We're going to do all three of those games. Uh-huh. I feel like that's just like, that's the, like we just blew three loads. That's okay. Like th- th- it's 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 a very realistic scenario that those are collectively the next three games no, we're gonna but do. But you tease it, you know. It's but way. if we're teasing, so that means that it might not be done for like two years at the rate we're doing. No, it'll be fine. It'll, it'll be much quicker. It'll be very soon. The next one, I assure you, I promise you. Someone needs to tell Nick to spend six hours to play Return of the Overdone. What was the third game? <laughs> Those are the three games. There, there, there's another game that I, I don't want to keep on spoiling stuff. I want to know, though. No, I, 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 have, I have a list of games that fine, fine. That, that we're going to do that I'm not going to So the next spoil. game is Return of the Oberdim. The next game is Return of the Oberdim. And it is from Lucas Pope, creator because, of Papers, Please. Which is also one of my favorite games. It's also, you might have seen Coral and me play Return of the Oberdim, which may paint your conversation, paint your opinion of what my opinion is. Um, I f- did. I have currently finished the whole game. And I made finished it, a point it to not watch them play as much as possible. Yes, and now Nick has to play the game and either finish it or not. I uh, will finish it. I mean, is he gonna finish it? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I'll finish. You're implying a lot of stuff there. Um, yeah. Game two is Return of the Oberdin. It is a uh, it is a puzzle game released this year by Lucas Pope. It won Rock Paper Shotguns um, game of the year. I think it might have been game of the year. If not, it was like the not AAA game of the year. It was on most people's top ten list, though for sure. Yeah, it did win uh, best art direction at the Video Game Awards. Mm-hmm. So it, it it has a pedigree of a of a game to watch from 2018, which I. I personally want to use this show as um, as a reason to kind of expand our horizons, uh-huh. but also to kind of um, force ourselves to play some of these games that are that are acclaimed or like have a message or like a nugget of good, even if the game isn't good in its entirety, but has like something worthwhile that we can learn from it. I think that's a good that this is a good platform for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel really strongly about Return of the Oberdin as something that that we can that we can break down as a study because we have two very different opinions on puzzle games and we can definitely get into that more later. Yeah. So game two for Garbage Game Club, Return of the Oberdin. You can get it for really cheap on Steam or even like Green Man Gaming or like um I don't know, steal it. Don't do that. I mean, if you need to. It was made by one person. Give the guy some money. He's got more than enough money. Papers, Please is one of the best games ever. (laughs) Did you buy that one? Okay, so here's (laughs) the thing. (laughs) Papers, Please and Return of the Oberdin, I bought for someone else. Fair enough. After playing it. Fair enough. So that means that instead of stealing 100% of a thing, I only stole half of a thing. Whatever helps you sleep at night. I sleep just fine, man. (laughs) I sleep just fine. <laughs> um, you should play Hollow Knight. And let you us sh- know what you think. 
let us know what you think about this in the comments below. Make sure to click that like button, subscribe, and tell me how much you hate this joke because we do it all the time. Or just tell us in like Sub Lounge or something. Yeah. Just, uh, just talk or to wherever. Just, just talk to us on Discord. Discord. Put 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 messages on the Patreon. Either you know. At have me. you? I'd be interested. Um, my, I guess my question. I kind of like to put questions at the end of these to see who who listens to most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, is I, I'm curious about people who haven't played Hollow Knight who are going to now, uh-huh. and I'm curious about um, people who have or haven't played Return of the Oberdin and plan on playing it in the next two weeks before this podcast. Yeah, please let us know. Please also, us know. game three, we'll probably take the other games we were talking about, maybe throw one more in there, and we'll have you vote on it. Sounds good to me. Also, if you have any questions, please just throw it in the comments. And if you want to talk to us about Hollow Knight, because we clearly like it a lot. Yeah, we just want to talk about Hollow Knight. You should play Return of the Oberdin. Also, Hornets, DLC's coming. Right. And she's hot. <laughs> But not as hot as Grubfather. Hollow Knight is the hottest. Or Dung Defender. All right, guys. Or Soldier 76. This was Garbage Game Club. Bye. Or Ron Paul. That man is foxy. What? Bye. Uh.